I believe that life is in our favor and it's always talking to us all day, every day on an emotional, on a physical, on a, you know, relational um, level, all the levels, financial level. And it's talking to us through these moments, um, pain and pleasure to help us to make those pivots and those shifts. And if you knock out with judgment, a lot of options, then you really are not having the full GPS of life. Welcome to the Cosmic Love Antenna Podcast. This podcast is meant to encourage you to connect within so you can share your light with the world. And now, here's your host, Harrison Ma. Harrison Ma. Harrison Ma. Welcome, beautiful souls, to another episode of the Cosmic Love Antenna. Today, as always, as the last series of episodes have been going, well, no, I lie. Today is a a, a special episode for many reasons. All of my guests are powerful. All of my guests are beautiful for their own reasons. But today I get to share with you a person that has impacted me in a very profound way. And I'm excited to share this person with you because I know she's going to impact you and help you shift some elements inside of you that I know you might be either consciously or unconsciously waiting for. A part of the Cosmic Love Antenna podcast that you're listening to is helping us connect into the love that's inside of us so we can be, be that beautiful love antenna outside. And the person that I've brought on today is Dr. Jill Khan. And Dr. Jill is a holistic practitioner. She is a deep and powerful, loving movement creator. She is a medical intuitive, but as is the theme on this podcast, she is so, so much more. And I'm excited for you to hear the beautiful love that she has to share. Dr. Jill, welcome to the Cosmic Love Antenna. I am so excited to be part of your new podcast. Congratulations. I'm so grateful started this and you're going to put out such great content to the world because the world needs more Harrison. And this is amazing. So thank you for inviting me to be a guest and I'm excited. I'm excited to share. Me too, Dr. Jill. And for people maybe new to your voice, and I've shared this in a couple other uh, podcast episodes that we've done with other souls, you know, how we, and I want to just share this story just so people have a bit of context how me and you first connected and met and, you know, leaned into each other's energy was on the clubhouse platform. And I'm wondering, you know, how I start these conversations, Jill, is I go back into a little bit of your history and we'll get to that in a second, but this is a part of our history together. I'm wondering if you could start this conversation by speaking a little bit about, you know, your experience on this platform, because I know out of all the people I've had on this on podcast so far, I know that, you know, your experience has been unique in many ways. So I'd love to hear what comes up when I ask that question. Well, I, I love this question. And I, I love that you tied it into our relationship because you were one of the first people that I connected to on Clubhouse that I had a very deep connection with, that I felt um, the power of what we could do to individually and collectively together to impact the world. And I definitely think of you when I think of those early moments, you're definitely one of those significant, significant people. Uh, in my thoughts and in my heart, when we first uh, found out about this, this app, and I found out about it in a very random way. And when I got on the platform, you know, it's, it's very unique and different because it's an audio app. Um, and 
you know, it's a teaching app. It's all free. And people um, could set up these rooms. You do to be a doctor or an authority of, of anything. It's just a sharing, a sharing. And then people come from all over the world. You have access to people from all over the world, but they don't have to stay in the room. So the dynamic of this platform definitely took a minute. And I know I remember talking to you about this at the beginning of how can we help people if we're trying to like set up these learning experiences, but anybody at any given time could come and go, come and go as freely as they want. So you really can't have a formal lesson. Um, so I remember Harrison at the beginning, we decided like we need just really powerful prompts that anybody could come in, they could attach to that prompt or that question. And then, you know, anybody could be involved with the conversation because they could see where they're at at, um, at any moment. And, and Dr. Jill, let me jump in there because it's, it's interesting. I know maybe a lot of people listening to this episode I have probably heard you a lot on the platform because you have such a beautiful and expansive voice and myself as well. Right. But as it was interesting, reflecting back on that memory and that moment in time, you know, one getting to meet you f- at first, but two really getting to look at how I could see and feel your, the, the beautiful little cogs in your brain going through those exact sort of questions, right? As you were saying, "Mm, there's something here, right? This is a bit different to Instagram or Facebook or, you know, sending out a newsletter in the email. There's something here that I know can impact change. Oh, absolutely. And, um, and that it's a live conversation, like an interactive radio show. So when I saw that we had access to so many people. And I've been in the personal, as many people know, I've been in the personal development field since, you know, health and healing and personal development since 1983. So I thought to myself, if I'm going to volunteer anytime for free and do something, because my goal as yours is to impact humanity in the most positive way possible, right? And add value, then whatever it is that I'm going to do, it must have value because I'm not doing it just to fill in time. I'm doing it because I see the potential of what this app could bring. So I remember when we first started doing the rooms and you and I explored so much together through how this works and it morphed and we changed it. And, and ideas, playing it. around with different ideas and different people. Yeah. Yes. We kept playing around with it and we did so many rooms together, especially at the beginning. I mean, we still do, but I mean, I think of you and I modding so many rooms and trying to figure out the dynamic of it. And after we started to like, see like, wow, we're really talking to a lot of people. We could really help a lot of people. And we started to hear about the, the transformations that were going on, wow. right? As you hear the feedback in the story, I remember that moment when I said like, okay, Got to do something big. It's got to help. Time to get serious. Time to get serious. Time to get serious. (laughs) And I really, really sat with it for a very long time and then came up with that line. Well, Dr. Jill, let's let's pause there because I know what you're about to say. And I want to keep that as a little plot thread because I want to talk about what you're about to say at the end. So I want to keep people because as as listeners are tuning in to this episode, you know, you have probably heard Dr. Jill before and you've, you've heard me, but you've heard Dr. Jill in the spaces and places where she talks and you know what she's about to say. And I want to, I want to dangle this thread and we're going to get to this at the end of the podcast. So let's, let me shift here, Dr. Jill, because I want to, so with, with that sort of clubhouse foundation and that context of you and me together, I now want to give a little bit of 
context to people that might be new to your beautiful voice, right? And I want to give a bit of just like a quick little deep dive into your history, right? Specifically, I want to know three things, right? I want to, I want to see if you can speak to and just tune into one, your sort of your practitioner journey, right? Because much like yourself, you're a holistic practitioner in many different areas. Two, the I know your partner Danny and the and the curing of his brain cancer is a big element in the powerful being that you are today. And also, if you feel called your biocode discovery and the protocols that you've made. So I'll pass you the mic, Dr. Jill. I would love to hear bits of this beautiful story that you have. Uh, thank you for, for um, offering for me to share my story. So, you know, I believe we're all a story, you know, and as our stories grow, you know, we grow along uh, with those stories. And much of my life, um, I didn't raise my hand and say, I think I'd like to jump into this category of health and wellness. Most everything in my life picks me and then I do the work because I am involved in health and healing, but things come to me more than I go seeking them. But I am absolutely like you, Harrison, ready, willing and able to take it on. And I'll do everything that I can once I see something that has value. And Jill, let me jump in there super quick. You know, when people hear that, it comes to me, <laughs> right, that it, we are, we all have that capacity, right? Jill is such a beautiful example of it, but I just want you to listen to her story and say, Oh, how can, how can I open this channel? Sorry, I interrupted. Keep going. No, please. I love a conversation. You know, so when I was uh, younger, you know, I'm very holistic. I do not come from a holistic family, but I personally am very holistic. By the age of 12, I became a vegetarian, which morphed into a vegan. I'm going to save the world, take out the flies. You know, I'm very, very holistic in my uh, ways of thinking and acting. It's innate. It's innate. But one of the things I didn't know is, you know, everyone's like when you're a kid, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up? Like, I never had a thought around that. I didn't know what I wanted to be. I knew who I was as an individual, but not how I wanted to serve in this world. You know, my parents uh, were hairdressers and they didn't have money and they, you know, try to figure out how to make a living and put us all through, you know, school and, and, and so forth. Um, so anyway, I went to college. I applied to one college and I went to college at Florida State University in Tallahassee. I applied to one college. Could you imagine? I never even thought like, what if you don't get accepted? Right. Like and I felt good. Think about it. And I felt good, Dr. Jill. I felt good to make that choice. Well, I, I chose it for one reason, because I did have a rough childhood and a great childhood, but because my brothers went there and I knew it would be a safe place for me, my two older brothers. Right. So anyway, I went there and you look at my transcripts. It said undeclared major. And I started taking my, uh, you know, my first two years of, of college. And then I started taking the courses that just felt right to me. And I was very strong in the sciences, very, very strong in the science, anatomy, physiology, and all those things. I love everything about human potential, life and, and health and, and like that. So anyway, one day I came home from college and I was sitting in my parents' living room. And for no reason at all, I was looking you know, because we believe in signs and synchronicities and we're all being led, whether you realize it or not. And I was sitting there with my transcripts, looking at all the courses that I had taken. Right. And just seeing, just reviewing what what happened up till now. My cousin, Big Dave, comes pour, coming into my parents' house because what's up? Right. And I go, oh, just looking at my transcripts, grabs him out of my hand and he looks at it and he says, chill, if you take one chemistry course, 
you could be a chiropractor. You could go to chiropractic school. I'm like, what? What are you talking about? That's crazy. I could be a chiropractor because he was in chiropractic school. And Jill, let me jump in there up to that point, because I think this is interesting and I want to make something very evident for the listeners. You know, and Jill talked about this at the start. There is something in us that's guiding us all the time. And often we project outwards, right? We live in a world where there's so much externalization of the self going on, right? So easy for us to attach to external elements. But if we create the space, even in a, in a moment of whimsy and, and joy and connection to a family member, often that voice can come up to speak. So did you, at this point in time, um, my question here is chiropractic school, being in that industry, was that something in your mind at all? Or did it just come up from, from the family? Zero. Zero. Now my older brother, who's two years older, comes running in kitchen who was a paramedic at the time he's like if you could be a chiropractor I for sure could be a chiropractor with that we both took whatever courses we needed and we applied and we got into chiropractic school we're standing there at orientation and I'm a very excitable person always have been very optimistic and I look at my brother Perry Harrison and I'm like Perry oh my goodness I cannot believe it we're going to be chiropractors I turn to him I go wait what's a chiropractor anyway I never even thought to look into it knew it had to do it holistic and neck and back or whatever, but I never even thought, and boy, did I land into my space on this planet because not only did I become a chiropractor, I became a evangelist. I wanted everyone to get adjusted and everyone to get healthy and everyone to live a really clean, healthy life. It was so in alignment with who I had always been all of my life. It just mm. caught up to me that way. Mm. I want listeners to connect to this idea right and i think it's very easy for us to look back in hindsight to put some dots together i think that's where we most of us all of us in in some instance can see the story unfolding but what i would encourage everyone to do as you're listening to dr jill's story and i want to get into one more ellen here element here before we shift gears but as you're listening to her story i you know what would that voice look like for you Right, a big part of this 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 uh, platform, this broadcast, this podcast that I'm that I'm creating here is connecting. For me, that that voice is love in many ways, but that voice can come up in many different ways. And when we make choices like Dr. Jill's, it has again the opportunity to flutter into our awareness. Dr. Jill, I want to skip ahead here a little bit now, and I would love for you to speak briefly on the experience with your partner, Danny. And more specifically, the sort of going into a certain medical system, right? And not seeing the results that you know he deserved or you deserved and what that looked like sort of shifting gears and finding solutions elsewhere. Absolutely. So I'm going to do one connector thought to that. So when I was in chiropractic school, uh, a friend of mine gave me, I'm going to do the abbreviated story, gave me a book on how to heal cancer naturally. So I, I received this book on how to heal cancer naturally. And for a decade, I was absorbed in the body's ability to um, heal from chronic illness, thinking it was just about me and my knowledge. I wasn't learning to teach. I was just absorbed for no reason as it seemed in those moments. But you know, 
life's always preparing you because all we are, all we know is what we know until we get exposed to something more. We're all a story. And as our story grows, we grow along with it. So my dad gets diagnosed. He was basically given no hope of survival. And I told my dad about what I had learned. I was like, maybe that's why I learned all that stuff is to help my dad. Fast forward, my dad agreed to postpone his surgery. I worked with him. I flew to Florida, worked with him for two weeks, only two weeks. No books, no tapes, no no real references, diet, nutrition, the mindset stuff, the forgiveness stuff, the visualization, the empowerment stuff, two weeks. And I'm telling you, my dad, like a wilted flower, started to get it. And you could feel his confidence and his healing coming into him from the inside out. And it's interesting, Jill. You know, I, I feel that we often overlook that what you just explained there is the holistic method, right? What you just right. explained is bringing in all of the components, right? Rather than just seeing us, and I've said this before on the podcast, and I'm, I'm going to keep repeating it, rather than treating someone as a sort of mechanistic, isolated machine, right? Now we're bringing in all of the things to see a challenge wholesomely and holistically. And it's if it's almost as if, and maybe you agree with this, <laughs> Dr. Jill, it's almost as if when we start bringing in all those lenses, it starts to become a lot easier, right? It's so much easier because we were multifaceted human beings and it's never one and done. You know, there's so many components to healing, um, to, to help us, you know, on, on emotional and physical and spiritual and all the different levels, relational, like all of them. There's so many facets to healing that are so important. Um, so my dad's story is I worked with him for two weeks. He checks himself into Jackson Memorial Hospital in Miami, Florida. And my brother flew in, who's an oncologist. My other brother, Perry, the chiropractor, was there with my mother. And we waited anxiously for hours while my dad got the surgery that he wanted to get. And when the doctors came out, Harrison, they, he, the doctor, the literal one that came to talk to us, had this look on his face. And he said, the most remarkable thing has happened. When we opened up your father, the tumor was no longer visible mm. to the human eye. My dad lived 18 years after that with no treatment. And <laughs> when you experience something like that, you think like, wow, what was that? That was that what just happened? There's what happened. You want to examine those moments and see like that was miraculous, but was uh, it? And was Jilla, it? and I think about all the practitioners in the room at that point, right? Imagine not just you know you as a sort of the family member and the people that love this person so much. Imagine the sort of practitioners in the room and what maybe shifts they would have made. I always, I always, oh, I, I always feel for them. Right. I feel for, of course, I feel for the patient and the person moving through it, but I feel for, you know, and I, I want to be careful with my words here because I feel like when we often get into the sort of natural and holistic versus allopathic, you know, often sort of mechanistic science perspective, it can feel like we are, you know, combating each other. And it's really not that. I was, you know, I always remember, Dr. Jill, we were in a room together discussing this and you shared, and you probably don't remember <laughs> sharing this you shared a view on, you know, someone asking about how do we as individuals, you know, move through those seemingly contrasted perspectives and how we move through it as we see them all as people that have views, 
right? And, and every person has a belief system and a belief system by definition is closed and it is often closed until, some, until something transformative and something so, so impactful and, and almost energizing changes that closed system. Does that, do you, one, do you remember saying that, that, Jill? There's no question about it. And I know I take a holistic approach and I mean, I used to be extreme in that, but not anymore. And I know on Clubhouse, we talked a lot about the holistic approach and healing yourself naturally, but I really always have believed that when the manufacturer of life put all the parts in the box, all the parts, the medical parts, the, the holistic parts, the manufacturer of life put all the parts in the box on purpose and with purpose. And I know a lot of people that have done either or and both and have yes. had many great out yes. outcomes. So I have no bias, really. Yes. A lot of people do have bias. I do not. Yeah. I am open to all aspects of healing, no matter where the source yes. comes from, especially if the individual believes that's what's going to heal their life. Um, mm. Because the last thing I want to do is put my judgment. Who do, what do I know? My judgment on any individual on their healing. Um, that's personal. And that's comes from an internal source. And it's, again, I'm loving this chat, Dr. Jill. I, we often overlook another thing, a part of this conversation is let's say that we take any, any of those, what, one of those paths, let's say we take the natural holistic or the allopathic you know, view and the, the role wrote, we often overlook that the lessons that we learn along either of those paths, yes, a lot of them are empowering and good and pleasurable, but I would, I would challenge and say, I would say the more impactful lessons are the ones that bring us pain to begin with, because that's what we grow from. That's what we expand right. from. So right. no matter what path we go down, the, the challenges we face or the seemingly maybe from the beginning, we saw them as errors or wrong, wrong choices. Those were the ones that help us grow the most. Absolutely. A hundred percent. And I believe that life is in our favor and it's always talking to us all day, every day on an emotional, on a physical, on a, you know, relational um, level, all the levels, financial level. And it's talking to us through these moments, um, pain and pleasure to help us to make those pivots and those shifts. And if you knock out with judgment, a lot of options, then you really are not having the full GPS of life. So I do believe that um, all things in life are here to help us and that we do get the ability. I know people who have done all medical things and have healed their life. I know people who've done all holistic things. I know yeah. people who have healed their life. I know people who have done both. You know, I know so many different yeah. varieties of it that I needed to um my big wake up call was to lose my judgment mm. over it had to look a certain way because I saw that I was eliminating a lot of options for, for healing because I thought it needed to look a certain way, but it really didn't. I mean, I mean, I have so many stories, so many stories of people doing a variety of different things. And it's really tied into like you talk about all the time, Harris, Harrison, the individual more so than the treatment, yes. the belief system more so than the, did you do this or that? It's not yes. so much hammer and nails as it is the belief and the emotional connection to, is that healing going to help me or not? Oh, um, are they so, buying so into important. it? So important. Everything. And 
if you if you take anything out of this conversation today it's that point right come back to you right come back to and i'm sure you've heard me say this (laughs) dr jill i know you agree the most important practitioner doctor healer therapist coach you have on your team is the one that's waiting to speak inside of you and you need to create the garden and space like we've been saying already in this conversation for that voice to come up in all of its expressions, whether it be your healing journey, whether it be seeking support from another, whether it be, you know, attracting in relationships, abundance, money, you know, that voice is there and you just need to wait for it. You need to listen and wait for it to talk to you. Dr. Jill, I want to shift gears here a little bit now and thank you for sharing uh, chunks and elements of your beautiful story. And I, I think bits and pieces of that, even with people on Clubhouse that have heard you speak, some of those elements were new. And I want to change gears now to something that I feel, you know, I definitely see you as a big advocate for, and I would love to give you this moment to give a bit of value and perspective on it. And it's this idea of bringing more plants into your life. I just Gave, I just had a podcast yesterday, the day before, with our mutual friend, Lindsay, and we were talking about this. So I'd love to throw you the mic, Dr. Jill, and maybe you can speak to this idea of the difference between eating dead food versus living food. Okay. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tie this into my husband's story. Yes, yes. Um, because, uh, you know, in 1990, my dad, you know, healed himself naturally from, from cancer. And then in 96, six years later, my husband was diagnosed with incurable brain cancer. And without any hope from the medical profession, we decided to take it on ourselves. Um, and, um, that was not easy. I got to tell you, that wasn't a two week thing. That was years in the making to try to figure out how do we do this? And this was a big, big, big challenge. And it took a lot And in the process of um, one of the aspects of his treatment was definitely going on a vegan plant-based diet. That was so mandatory. I mean, we wanted to make sure that we were putting in live and living food, which is there's a little distinction there between live food and living food, um, into his diet to put the highest levels of nutrition into his diet and constantly detox and cleanse out his liver um, on the daily while trying to figure out many different other paths and treatments and so forth along the way. I do believe that was a very um, important component to his healing. But the truth is what I've learned and to, to give everybody the fast forward of my husband's story. Yes, he lived. He lived to tell the story. He's alive and well. And Jill, let uh, me jump in there super quick, you know, because because I, I want to hear the rest of the story. But I just want to make sure people heard the live, <laughs> the live and living component. I know you're going to hit on it a little bit more, but we we live in a world where it's so easy for us, and we could have a conversation about you know the the big powers at play that are making it so easy. But it's so easy for us to go down to the store, go down to the supermarket, go down to any environment where we usually get our food and just unconsciously fill our basket or fill our trolley with foods that are dead, right? That don't have any vitality in it. And when you're looking to heal from any challenge, let alone if it's something as serious as cancer, you need to provide your system with the materials it needs to build back up. And if you're building that system with components that are dead, that are processed, that are created from from elements that have no vitality, 
then you're already fighting an uphill battle. So I just, you know, I want to give that preface as you continue this story and the, your perspective on this. That is really what we're getting at here. Keep going, Dr. Jill. Yes. And uh, live food uh, basically are, are fruits and vegetables, right? Legumes, uh, things like that. Those are live food. Living food means it still grows after it's removed from the source. That would be like mm. sprouts, you know, like your bean sprouts or broccoli sprouts or sprouted foods like that. So they easy, so out. easy to make, by the way. I think people so overlook it. It's so easy. Right. And the living foods have such high nutritional value. All the living foods have such high nutritional value. Um, so bringing that into, you know, different kinds of salads and so forth. And you could even, you know, get like wheatgrass or, you know, a lot of these sprouted um, foods you could um, turn into juices and take shots of them. And it's just very, very, very high level, clean nutrition for the cells in your body, which the cell, which sounds so much like self for a reason, that's with purpose from the universe there, um, because how you heal yourselves is how you heal yourself, right? So you want to be very, very mindful of what you put into your body. So yeah, the, the journey, the journey. Just a question, Jill, just a question, because I'm, I'm interested in this. This is a, this is just a sort of selfish Harrison question here. Cause I'm interested in bringing more sprouts in general into my life. Do you, do you grow them in your home? What does that look like? Maybe practically for people listening, do you, do you have different pots set up? What does that look like? Well, I, I used to years ago. I don't like now I don't, you know, I just buy them at Whole Foods, you know, all the different sprouts and the broccoli sprouts or the wheatgrass or the bean sprouts or whatever alfalfa sprouts, all the sprouted foods. It's the highest level of nutrition per calorie, the sprouted foods. They're the best. You want to eat them. So, you know, I just get mine at um, Whole Foods. There's a grocery very close to where I live, Um, but they're very easy to make. They're very, very, very easy to sprout. You could look at, you could Google it and learn it in five minutes how to sprout your own. And not to to mention, right, and maybe I'm sure you've experienced this with people that have come to see you, Dr. Gelano. I have one of the biggest objections that... Uh, people have at first when they start incorporating more healthy ways of definitely eating is they look at, you know, maybe organic produce and they see, ah, it's the price. It's the, it's the, the expense of it. And my heart is with you if you are going through sort of economic challenges, but when you look at the, the price versus, you know, reward and, and return from the idea of sprouts, right? It's not even comparable, right? What, even if you just buy them from an online organic retailer, you buy a couple of seeds and then you grow them yourself in a pot plant on your, on your seal that has some sun, right? The amount of nutrition percentage wise you're getting back from them is not even measurable, right? Right. Right. And you know, the real truth is pay now or pay later. Period. 100%. I mean, you can eat crappy food now, and then you're going to pay later, and all your medical bills trying to recover your health, or you buy your fruits and vegetables, which, believe me, they're a lot cheaper. A banana is not expensive, a steak is, right? It's not really healthy. I don't know who's making it healthy to eat fresh fruits and vegetables because you're also not eating meats and cheese and breads and all the you know, the, the not real food, you know, the, the unhealthier food, the heavier foods, as opposed to the light food, you know, the lighter, the food, the lighter, the easier it is to assimilate and digest in your body and to uh, cleanse and rebuild new cells. So you want to eat plant-based foods as much as you can add that into your diet. 
and your body and your life will thank you for it. Your mindset will thank you for it. You'll have so much good energy that you'll go out there and be so productive and make a ton of money to buy even more groceries that you want. Um, it's all full circle anyway. Yeah, it comes so back. investing in your groceries absolutely is investing in your health, your well-being, and your prosperity. And so a couple of things here, Jill, I want to add in, and then I want to have another burning question I want to ask you. The I want to for the for the people that are you know going back to that money element. If you're if you're considering trying to be more economic and balanced with your spending, the thing that we have to realize is the more nutrients you give your system, the better it works, the better it functions. Right, the less nutrients it gives your system, you give your system the less efficient it works. Meaning that often, I'm sure we've all had this experience of eating a, a packet of potato chips and still being hungry after it, right? That is not a coincidence because the food that you are eating, it's devoid of wholesomeness, right? The, the nutrient density equates to how much it fills you up, right? So now you bring this back to the price conversation, the more dense the, the nutrition, the more you're going to be sustained, the more you're going to be sustained, the less that you will need to to purchase need to need to bring into your world so just to add that element the other piece here and then i want to switch gears again on you dr jill is you know we, i've had a couple of guests on prior to you, dr jill and we, we've talked about you know some of eating animal foods that are more ethically sourced more sustainably sourced and maybe actually i'd love to get your perspective on this and what you feel because i know your background as a plant-based, plant-focused individual and practitioner is very is, is important in this lens. What I'm wondering your view on animal products that are done correctly. So when I say correct, let me define that. Meaning that an animal product that is harvested from an animal that has 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 grown up in the environment that it's supposed to grow up in, that's being fed food that it's supposed to be fed, that has a happy lifestyle that that grows in joy and abundance. What what is your perspective for maybe listeners that you know one they do feel good with these kind of products, and two for someone that you know maybe isn't ready to shift to full vegan or full vegetarian, but is still incorporating you know ethically sourced regenerative meat. Yeah, well, I mean, you're speaking to an animal activist and a very strict vegan here. And I don't have judgment over what other people do, but I'm never going to have somebody's pain be my pleasure ever. It's just never going to happen. So there really today is um, very little um, ethical farming. There's factory farming and, you know, whatever you think you're doing with this um, grass fed, this, it's not really what it is. And if anybody watches any of the documentaries, you'll see really what goes on behind the scenes and how poorly um, animals are being treated and, you know, to, to take some animal's life for a five minute meal of mine, when I could eat something very similar, that's plant-based, um, doesn't feel right to me personally, because for in the world we live in today, when I became a vegan, there was like no options of anything in today's world. If you want a hamburger and, and, and you want all this kind of food, there's so many great healthy versions of that that are so similar there's ice cream there's snack excuse me snack foods there's all kinds of vegan 
alternatives that are good for you and we don't have to um, hurt or kill in order to have uh, our pleasure, even for momentary pleasure to take the life of, of an animal. So, you know, again, I am a animal activist. I am very, you know, very educated in that field. And um, when, you know, why wouldn't we eat something that we can eat that tastes delicious and yummy and it's vegan and nobody needs to get hurt in the process of being well nourished and enjoying food. So yeah, that's my stance on it. So I mean, I do 100% lean that way. Um, but again, I don't really have judgment for other people where they are in their journey, because it's their journey. All I could do is share and educate and help people to find healthier alternatives to try. And very often people do lean that way. They really do. They lean that way because it's so easy to eat healthy now. It's so easy to eat vegan food and feel good about what you're doing. And Jill, I think, so first of all, I love you and thank you for sharing your beautiful view and perspective. That is, again, going back to the start of our conversation, one of the things we bonded over was that philosophy of listen to us, right? Listen to our words, you know, take in our perspective, but then see how it sits and resonates for you. Right. And a big part of this podcast, I just want to affirm this for everyone. I, I don't expect anyone to listen to these words, either from me, Dr. Jill, or any of the guests I bring on and to take them as, you know, as dogma. I would love for you to take them in and again, come back to that beautiful voice inside of you and see how that voice responds. Right. Does that, is that voice triggered? Well, that's a bit of a reward there in itself, right? Something to sit with. Does that voice you know, say no, does that voice say yes? All of this is beautiful education. And then you implement it and see how it impacts your world. Speaking of which, Dr. Jill, and it, this is a perfect segue into what I wanted to ask you next is this idea of being an intuitive. <laughs> and I know, <clears throat> I know, Dr. Jill, that you, you know, you would maybe define yourself, and I definitely see you as this, as a sort of medical intuitive in many ways. So I'm wondering for people that might be new to intuition or being intuitive, how would you explain this as one, maybe as just as a person or two, as a practitioner, what does this look like in your world? If someone's wondering how to implement it into their, into their environment? Well, I love this question. I mean, it's so important. And I believe that everybody's intuitive, you know, it's just a matter of um, do you practice it a lot? You know, do you practice it a lot? Is it, is it like your thing? It's just like, my husband is a great singer. I could sing. I'm clearly not a singer like him, nor does it sound good, but everybody could sing, right. Whether it sounds good or not, like everybody has that intuition that lives within them that they could tune into to start learning what their life is telling them, what their inner voice is telling them. Um, so they could use it as a GPS to start navigating and making choices from the inside out. So my brothers and I, my parents are highly intuitive people and my brothers and I all did receive that gift. We speak fluently, there's no question about it. And every one of us channeled it into health and healing. So when it comes to, even though my oldest brother's an oncologist, he's very intuitive and very health-minded. He's also a vegan. Um, uh, all of us channeled it into health and healing. So as you start practicing and utilizing these gifts, it's kind of like the way that uh, I 
like to uh, to explain it uh, from a medical, from a healing, a holistic perspective, is that our life talks to us all day, every day in so many different ways, right? Like yes. verbally, we learn yes. to take words, right, Harris, Harrison, yeah. and, and communicate this way. Uh, we have emotions. Our emotions talk to us. Our finances talk to us. Our relationships talk to us. The stop signs talk to us and tell us what to do and what not to do. And our cells in our body have a vibrational frequency in it that emits information yeah. all day, every single day. And like if somebody was reading Braille, they would put their hands over that and they would learn what did those uh, what do those little um, letters mean? Yeah. And then they would interpret it as a language. Now, here you are in Australia and here I am in America. But yet that vibrational sound goes straight across to the other side of the world. We learned how to interpret it into a language so it has meaning and we can have a conversation. And, so and, not, of, and not just sound, Jill, sorry to interrupt you, but not just sound. Right? I, I hear your words right now and I feel them. Right. I, I don't just I don't just hear the words and I, put a, I close my eyes and see your beautiful face, but I feel them in my heart. Right. The, the, that that love energy. And this is again, I want to add this in because this is such a big part of what this I'm trying to do here in this podcast. That love energy is always there as well. Right. That love energy is waiting for us to tap into it across all senses. So sound, touch, sight, hearing, right, taste, all the love energy is, in my opinion, I think it's the foundation in which these other senses sort of come from. Keep going, Dr. Jill. Yes, absolutely. Um, so the cells in our body love to talk to us. They love to talk to <laughs> us. So one of the ways that I read people in person, especially, is I will put my hand over their body about maybe a foot over their body. And that energy will bounce on my hand, sending messages into my mind, telling me a story that I don't know. It's something new. It's something I don't know. I'm a listener. I'm a listener. I'm not a seeker. It comes to me. I don't go to it. And then it will start telling me things about that person. It could be emotionally. It could be from their past. It could be about an organ. It could be their system. It could be they're pregnant. It could be anything. It's just whatever comes through that I'm supposed to say. I just listen and say it, listen and say it. And at first, when you start doing something like that, you think like, am I saying it right? Am I not saying it right? And what I learned to really hone in when I was very young on my intuition is don't think about it. And whatever you feel and see, say it immediately. And what I came to find out is so many times it's just spot on. It's just spot on, even to the point where the person doesn't get it. And then later they get it confirmed by a yes. mother or a relative or an experience. Um, so it's almost like reading another language, understanding another language, which is love, which is the most loving thing you could do is to understand yourself and how you're interacting with yourself and the world around you. Let me explain what I've learned to sort of see that mechanism as that you just talked about, that, that mechanism of, oh, I'm picking up something here. I'm trusting it and I'm not letting the thinking mind sort of take me away to another place, right? I, I often define this as the ego versus the soul, right? The ego thinking mind versus the soul and spirit that's inside of us. And 
I want to be very careful here. I think it's easy for us to see the ego and the mind as something that we need to transcend, put in a corner and push away, but it is a part of us and deserves to be loved as like any other part, but we also need to see it for what it does and what it doesn't do. And when we're talking about tuning in intuitively to these deeper love-based, spirit-based, you know, interconnected-based messages and insights, that ego mind often, I've experienced this, I'm sure you've experienced this, Dr. Jill, often breaks it down, but from a sort of little self perspective rather than a big self perspective. And it's that big self that contains that, you know, that clairvoyance, that clairsentience, that clair empathy, the all of those spiritual senses that sometimes we often have a hard time logically breaking down. Does that resonate, Dr. Jill? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the body of work that um, I created, the biocode system is exactly that. And it gives you an objective way of looking at yourself and subjective situation so you can start to correct those neural pathways and those choices and habits and actions and interactions and it gives you the guide to be able to build yourself up from where you're at you know with the system so yeah i mean i'm 100 percent on board with that thought yeah love it uh, what i'll do dr jill is after this podcast i'll get you to send me some details about the biocode and all of your beautiful offerings and we'll put it in the show notes but i want to you know, I have a couple more questions for you, Dr. Jill. And like, as I promised at the start of this chat, I want to come back to something that you, to say that you're active and passionate about, I think would be a very, it <laughs> would be the understatement of the century here today. And it's this idea of building, not just a community, not just a movement, but a sort of systemic and global change. And we talked about our, our history on Clubhouse together, again, at the start of this conversation, Dr. Jill, and you're about to get into this, this piece, this, this, this change that you've created in the world. So I'd love to hear a little bit about it and why you think, why you're so passionate about it and two, why you think it's so important. Oh my goodness. Um, you know, this app brought me the most beautiful people that I say the app was created for one reason and one reason alone, for our spiritual family to find each other so we could mm. collectively work together with our gifts and talents to make this world a better place for all of us. And I am convinced of that. <laughs> I am definitely convinced of that. And what you're referring to um, with the movement is in one of the rooms that, um, one of the rooms that I created that you were been a part of since day one, um, was the room that I called the what went right today room. So people could, you know, every we have to, we live in a world that has such a negative bias. And I was like, well, we need to retrain those neural pathways to building up, you know, what's right, what's right within ourselves, what's right within our life, what's right within our situation, even the harder ones. So we can show up with mental clarity, emotional stability, kindness, love, and create new possibilities and new solutions. So we came up with that room. And as you know, the story in the room, this young man who was having some self-acceptance uh, challenges at that moment befriended us. And, um, and you know, he, was, he really felt safe. He really felt like this was a great way to start to come to, you know, these, these, these conclusions about himself and these ideas about himself and these awarenesses about himself, that he's a loving person, just as he, as he is. 
And um, in that moment, you know, I asked him in the room, you know, what went right today and whatever he said, I just make everything right. Anyone could say anything and I'm going to make it right. I was tired. Well, everything's right about being tired because you're listening to your body and you're giving yourself time to rest or I had the best day. Everything's right about having the best day. So he said whatever he said. And I was very deeply connected to him. And I, in that moment, started to affirm him. And I said, of course, all those things are going right for you because you're good, you're kind, you're wonderful, you're loving, you're amazing, you're compassionate. And I just went on and on and on. And I said, and do you know why all those things are happening to you and through you? And I paused. And I said, because everything's right about you. Every single thing is right about you. And the young man gasped. He went, oh, Dr. Jill, when you said that, I literally felt that in my, I felt that. And in that moment, I knew, we all knew that I struck an authentic truth. And I started testing it on all of the different people in the room and everyone felt it. They really felt it on a soul level. And that no matter- Jill, Just to jump yeah. in here, because I, yeah. I, I just want to make sure people hear this, right? Is we all have, you know, we I, I view this from the inner child perspective, Dr. Jill, and we all have- these belief systems in us, whether it's from our upbringing, our parents, our friends, maybe our religious belief, maybe our culture, maybe the media on TV, we all either consciously or unconsciously have these belief systems playing in the background that we do not, we often overlook their power and their intensity in which they control our lives. So when someone like you in a random room on Clubhouse suddenly tells them what is the fundamental truth of just how perfectly and whole and lovingly and complete they are, it's almost like a shock to the system, right? Well, it's it's amazing because the truth is everything is right about each and every one of us. Just like you said, as the young child, we come into the world and everything's right about you. Look, you're the best. You're amazing. You can have it all. You can do it all. You could be it all. And what happened very early on, probably by the age of two, um, the learning started to come in and the challenging authority started to come in and the parents didn't have the tools or the biocodes or the skill sets to meet those moments and help the child to learn healthfully to build them up. So the next thing the child is hearing, what's wrong with you? Everything's wrong about you. Why don't you listen? You're not being good. You're going yes. go to gonna sit in timeout. Goes from everything is right about you to everything is wrong about you yeah. that quick because we mixed up who we are with what we're learning. And yes. we must bring back that distinction that no matter what you're going through or growing through, everything is right about you. And as you're learning math and it may be hard and you're having a difficult time, everything's still right about you and you can do hard things and yes. learn hard things. It's yeah. It's such a fundamental and intrinsic truth. And I, and people listening to this, I'm sure maybe some of you are even being triggered just by, by Dr. Jill saying that. And, I sit again, sit with that trigger, right? Sit with that. Okay. But what if everything is not right about me? Okay. What is the, what is the pattern? What is the story that you're, that is currently playing? Because we know, you know, from traumatic experiences that it's often not the actual event that causes the, the ripple into our present. It is the story that we tell ourselves about it. And as powerful creative beings, we have the choice to rewrite that story if we decide to. And often it can be someone external, much like what you're describing here, Dr. Jill. And it's why the movement is so powerful, in my opinion. Something external that can help us rewrite that story that we deserve to rewrite. Dr. Jill, I want to 
I have one more question for you that I want to make sure we get in, but I want to, I want people to hear this. Can you explain to everyone if, if they want to get involved in the, what, what is right about you movement? Where can they go? Facebook websites. Can you explain a little bit about that? Yes, absolutely. And I'm going to make one distinction by all means. I'm not saying everything is right about the situations we've been through or the situations that we're in. What we're saying is you are the right person in these right moments at this right time to take it on. And you can do great things, big things, little things, all the things, because you were made for greatness. You are born that way. And when we start to take back our power and to realize that we were made for these moments, we were born that way. We were born whole and complete. And we can meet these hard moments. We're not saying sunshine, lollipops and rainbows and everything's good in our life. The opposite of that. We're saying we can meet moments from where they're at because everything's right about us doing that. Um, so, yeah, if you want to get involved in the movement, everybody get involved with the movement. It has gone global. It has spread to all the different places and spaces on this world because the world is craving, craving for all of us to take back our power, to know that everything's right about me, about you, about everyone, no matter who we are, no matter who we love, no matter what the color of our skin is, no matter whether we have money or not, we are the right person. We are picked for this job. We're the right person to take on our life and to do all the things that we wanna do. The big things, the little things, all the things. So go to everythingisright.com. There's an incredible app we can make really fun pictures with the everything is right about you frame. People love getting these pictures. It makes them so happy. Um, you can get affirmations. Uh, all, there's like a thousand affirmations on there to lift you up and remind you of how amazing you and all of us are. And the world is ready. The world is so ready for empowered people to take on life from that place of kindness and love and positivity. We need to start pouring goodness again into this world. That's exactly what we need. And that's why it went viral. The world's ready for it right now. We need more of this. We need to infuse the world with this. It's And it's, again, so interesting to me that, and I share this on Clubhouse all the time, that you look at what's been happening over the last couple of years in the world and you look at when did all that start? Well, you know, the COVID craziness began at the end of 2019, start of 2020. And what also began at that time, not only this app, but also the start of this movement that uh, you're, you and I are part of, Dr. Jill. So I just, I think, you know, we need to remember that we live in a universe of polarity and for as much suffering and pain that there is in the world, there's also beautiful, loving, unconditional light and expansion. And if we just decide to look for it, it's going to be there. Dr. Jill, I have one more question as we wrap up here now, and I have to run off to a, <laughs> a clubhouse room to help some beautiful souls. This, this podcast centers around that love that's inside so we can share that love with the world. And I have a simple question for you, my friend. How do you define that L-O-V-E word? Well, I mean, definitely radical self-acceptance would be love, you know, to want the highest and best, not only for myself, but all of humanity to really, really want the highest and best with or without me being part of that solution, um, to see people to thrive, to see the world to thrive, to see, you know, everybody 
living to their full potential, to come from an unconditional place of goodness and kindness and consideration for every, every living thing on this planet would be the ultimate of, of being a loving soul here on this planet. And we all have the capability inside of us, just waiting, waiting to be ignited. Dr. Jill, yes. I love you very much. Oh, thank I you. love you too. Thank you for coming on and having a conversation with me. It's been nice to, you know, I spent so much time with you in general, but it's been nice to just hear some different perspectives, go a bit deeper with you in new ways. And if you are the listener, I love you very much. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Cosmic Love Antenna. I'm wishing you a wonderful morning, evening, afternoon, wherever you are in the world. Myself and Dr. Jill love you unconditionally. And we're out. Bye, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Cosmic Love Antenna podcast. We hope you enjoyed. Be sure to follow Harrison on Instagram, Twitter, and Clubhouse at Harrison Ma. That's Harrison, M-E-A-G-H-E-R. Welcome to Ringside with Ray and Prince. My name is Ray Leonard Jr. Oh, is that the No, that's just my dad. My name is Prince Daniels Jr. Daniels again with a big hole. Touchdown! On this show, we come to humanize athletes, entertainers, business executives. We're going to see what makes them tick. Tuesdays, 10 a.m. Pacific time on Spotify, Apple, Amazon, and wherever you get your podcasts. We'll see you there. Peace and power. Electric acid. Ever thought about starting your own podcast? Do you have a business or a message you want to share with the world? Well, now it's easier than ever with Electricast. Hi, I'm Mark Netter. And I'm Peter Rafelson. We're the founders of Electricast Media. Whether you want to start a new podcast or already have one, join Electricast to grow your audience, monetize your content, and build your community. With our simple sign-up, you get free promotion, world-class analytics, premium ads, and personal support. Go to Electricast.com and join our community today. Electricast. Transform your influence. Electric acid. Electric acid.